0: Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Campus Rush Podcast. We know that this episode today is going to bless your life and take your vision to the next level. We hope that you can share it, subscribe, and be a part of what God is doing right here at Carlton University, around the world, at Campus Rush. May hey God anoint my lips with clay as we begin to speak, as we begin to move in your presence. Oh, Father, we ask for nothing but miracles, signs, and wonders to be here, Father. We prayed for your outpour, God, and we expect nothing less than your outpour. Jesus, rule, reign, and be evident in this place. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I've come to understand something, Nick. I've come to understand this, that um, many times when people don't understand... Or have a clear understanding about your story, they really question your glory. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever been in this situation whereby people start talking about you or people are saying things, yet they don't have the full understanding of the story of how you even got to where you got to. Has anybody like that? I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one that's had Could we fix the sound, please? Thank you. Let's clap for our sound, guys, in the back. Thank you. Maybe I'm the only person um, that has been in situations whereby people are questioning something solely because of the fact that they don't even know the grassroots of where it started from. Hey, uh, some odd five years ago, I was driving in my car. And, um... I was driving in my car, honestly, if I had to tell you the gospel truth, I was hungover. I was driving in my car, and um, you know my brother was in the seat beside me, in the passenger seat on the right-hand side. And I'm driving, I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I just hear the voice of God speak to me. And maybe this is normal for some people, but for God to speak to my ear, I was like, yo, this thing is serious. And He spoke to me these few words, Pastor David. He said, I'm calling you to your campus, to the same place where you fell, because the same place where you fell is the same place I want to use you to restore people. That's what he told me. He said, I want to use you to restore people. And I looked at my life, my current life at the time, and I was living a double life. Some of y'all don't know what that is. (laughs) I want to ask you to raise your hands. I was living a double life and, you know, coming to church but yet not meaning it. Worshiping, but not understanding the revelation behind worship. Coming uh, into the presence of God, but not understanding why. Not, Not knowing God as a father, not knowing God as a savior, just knowing God as a slot machine. Where I pray and blessings come down. I need protection, so I pray, pray. God protect me, God protect me, God protect me. And then he protects me, and then I go away. And it took a breaking process. It took a breaking process. Someone say breaking process. Shout a little louder. Say breaking process. process. Everything that God does with people is related back to a breaking process. Look at anybody in the Bible. You'll see that they were broken before God used them. And my breaking process wasn't just one fold. My breaking process was in many stages. Now, the first part of the breaking process when God began to speak to me about this thing, I mean... I was somebody that, you know, I held parties, I I did things, you name it, we did it. And God is calling me to do something. The first thing that came through my mind was what are people going to say? And maybe for you this, this story may not connect, may not relate, but I know it's relating with somebody. For somebody that's in the place ultimately where you have to make a decision between do I actually follow this God thing or do I just live my life? And I got to the point, Tosh, where God was calling me further, and I had to make a decision. And the decision was, am I going to stay and not obey God, and everybody still like me? Or am I going to go and obey God, and some people may cut me off? And I had to make a decision. I said, you know what, I'd rather be with God, and people hate me then not be with God and be out of favor with him. So I made a decision, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start this ministry. So I had a little fellowship that we had started because of my conscience. I was like, I'm a pastor's son. My dad's a bishop. Like, I have to start something. You know what I mean? So I went to a classroom, and for those who go to Carleton, I went to a Residence Commons. Was it? Yeah, it was Residence Commons. And one of those little classrooms that were there, and I just... You know, I didn't advertise it. I just said, hey, like, if you want to come for Bible study, come for Bible study. You can be here, whatever the case is. And um, people came, about 15 people, 20 people. I never advertised it. I never wanted it to grow more than 15 people because I was still living this double life. Like, I, I, I couldn't, I, I was compromised. I was, I was in this rock and hard place. And God spoke to me, so I said, you know what, we're gonna turn this fellowship of 12 people or of 20 people into an actual church. And God began to start to work on my heart and work on me and work on me and work on me. And I went to Pastor Ryan I said, I want you to handle music and Pastor Shaw, I want you to handle music. And I went to Tiffany and I went to all these guys. Let's appreciate our amazing leaders and pastors we have here. And I went to all these people and I was like, yo, God is telling me to do this. And I was expecting everybody to say no and nobody to actually be like, okay, well, you know what? We know this thing is of God. I was expecting people to actually tell me, like, yo, you're crazy. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know your reputation? How can God use you in this state? But in, instead, every single person that I went to go and ask actually told me, I know this is of God. I'm gonna follow you. I pray that you would get some friends that would actually push you towards destiny. Because this is the problem with friends. Let me let me just stop right here. This is the issue. There are some friends and some people that are around you that would rather see you stay in the same position and die than leave them and fulfill purpose. That, that's the issue. It's like I don't want you to go further because if you go further, then you leave me here. Because not everybody's meant to go with you to the promised land. Because at the promised land, there's an altitude. And do you know that snakes can't go past a certain altitude? So God makes sure that there's some snakes that won't get with you there. So if God is trying to take you higher, understand one thing. Understand that the snake will die. Whether they like it or not, the snake will die. I pray snakes will die in your life. <laughs> I didn't come to preach heavy tonight. I just wanted to talk tonight. I didn't want to preach too much. Next week, I'll start preaching. But, um, you know... That's the first thing that happened to me is there was this dichotomy between do I keep the same friends or do I leave? Do I stay or do I go? Has anybody been in that dichotomy? Like, do I stay or do I go? Do I follow God or do I not follow God? Am I in a room full of believers tonight? Are you here in this building still? And and I had to be in that place. And this is exactly how Abraham felt in Genesis chapter 12. The Bible says, can you put it up on the screen? The Bible says in the NLT version that God spoke to Abraham at the time, it was not yet Abraham. And the Lord said, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to a land that I will show you. That is the craziest thing I ever heard. Wow. That's the craziest thing. You know why that's so crazy? Because in our day and age, we don't even leave the house without knowing exactly how to get to our destination. We won't even leave the house with like, okay, let me make sure the GPS is on point because like, yo, if it's not on point, then I'm going to get lost. I'm going to waste my time and then this person will be mad at me. Am I telling the truth tonight? You won't even leave your house without a GPS. (laughs) But there was no GPS there. There was no global positioning system. There was a God positioning system. And and, and what happened was Moses, uh, Moses, Abraham had to leave. And Abraham did not question God at all. Abraham said, all right, Lord, if this is what you're telling me to do, this is exactly where I'm going to go. So the first thing is that he leaves his native country. He leaves his relatives. He leaves his father's family. That's three layers of relationships. A relationship to your country and to your people, then a relationship to your father's family. There's layers to this thing. When God began to deal with me, God said, go at all costs. There were some friends I expected to come with me. And instead of actually coming with me, they actually began to talk. And I said, well, thank you, God, that you've revealed the snakes. Some of you guys should be thanking God that people have left your life. Am I here? Some of you guys should actually be thanking God that some people didn't come with you. They don't have the capacity to handle your purpose or your greatness. Don't cry because they've left. Rejoice because God is bringing you to a better place. I see God bringing you to a better place. A land flowing with milk and honey he's bringing you there man he's bringing you there he's bringing you there let's go to verses two real quick verse two it says i will make you can you read this with me let's read together all right one two three and go yeah uh-huh. can you read this like it belongs to you like read it like this is your blessing read it like this is your word being spoken over you let's do it one two three and go Come on. Yeah. Uh-huh Yes, I prophesied that's your testimony. That's exactly what God is going to do through you. Exactly what He's going to do through you. You see, God promised Abraham. He promised him, said, "Listen, go for I'm going to make you a great nation." Now the problem with this and this is what I'm going to kind of get into tonight real brief before we go the problem with this, Nick, was that God was telling Abraham that he was going to make him a great nation. But Abraham had no children. God was speaking to him through the eyes of faith. But Abraham was understanding life through the carnal eyes of man. And many times this is exactly what happens to us. A lot of the times where when God is speaking to you about a thing, you look at what you don't have first before what you do have. Think about it. If God is speaking to you about going somewhere, the first thing you're going to say is, God, I can't do this. God, there's no way that I can do this. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing unto others. Abraham understood this. He's like, all right, God, if you said it, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I think that we need to get to a place as a generation, as a people, where we don't even question God anymore. Like, if he created the heavens and the earth, if he's the alpha and the omega, then whatever happens in the middle, he's in control of it. So we just leave it in his hands. Anybody grateful that we can leave things in God's hands? You're grateful for that? Come on, give them a, just a quick praise right there. I love this. If you're looking for a title for this, the title for this sermon is Keep Waiting. Someone shall keep waiting. So in Genesis 15, I'm just going to just kind of hurry this along. Genesis 15. The Bible says it like this. It says, some time later, so Abram at this point has left his relatives, has left his country, has left his father's family, three layers of relationship. And in Genesis 15, we pick up this scripture. It says, some time later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all of my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Verses 4 says it like this. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Verses 5. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. As I was saying earlier, Abraham is meant to be a great nation. God makes him this promise in Genesis 15, yet he has no children. Yet he has no son. Yet he has nobody. He's even talking to God in the story. He's like, God, if you want to make me something great, at least give me something to work with. If you want to make me into a great nation, give me a son. Give me a heir. Give me somebody that will take after me so that my descendants will be blessed. I believe that it's a fair claim. But then God says, you know what? You don't even need my confirmation. Just go outside and look at the stars. And for as many as you can count, that's going to be exactly what I'm going to do through you. I just want to speak to just maybe two people in this place to tell you that whatever you're thinking is too small. That what God is going to do through you is so massive that you don't even have the mind to even um, understand and comprehend the amount of things that he wants to birth through you. If you didn't know yet, you were literally in the laboring season of your life. If you didn't know yet, God is about to push you into some things and he's going to birth some things out of you and through you that is going to bless your entire generation, it's going to bless your family, it's going to bless this land, it's going to bless everybody you come into contact with. You are literally a walking, breathing blessing. You are a walking, breathing blessing. I wish somebody would say, I receive it. Hey, CR people, you got to teach new people. Someone say, I receive it. I receive. We believe in pulling down the word of God. Come on, shout out like a believer and say, I receive it your land is blessed where God is taking you no eye has seen no ear has heard I prophesy to maybe a hundred people in this place tonight if you're under the sound of my voice where God is taking you I'm telling you is a land flowing with milk and honey and nobody should be able to cut you off from where God is taking you to the vision of God is going to birth through you you don't need a confirmation in that of a word all you need to do is go outside and look at the stars and if you can number the stars that's exactly what God is going to do through you he's going to make you so prosperous you won't even have enough room in your storehouse to contain it he's going make you such influential that everybody you come into contact with will say, I already know who you are. He's going to make you into such a blessing that all you have to do is walk into a room and people are blessed by him. I decree and declare that is your portion. I speak that that is your portion. I speak that that is your portion. Someone shout, I receive it. Come on, give him a good praise right there. A good praise. A good praise. Abraham is supposed to be made into this great nation yet he has no children. This is the dichotomy right here. So what did Abraham do? Two things I want you to write down. First thing he did, Abraham, he trusted God. He trusted God. He's like, God, I trust you enough that if you told me to leave my father's house that you're gonna provide for me. I trust you enough that if you are gonna bring me to a place that I don't know, at least I'd rather go with your global positioning system than any other positioning system. I trust you enough to believe the words that you said. Someone say, trust God. come with the word of good news that whatever you're going through just put your trust in God it doesn't matter what the people say doesn't matter what the professors say trust in God the second thing that he did and you can write this down the second thing he did is he waited he waited he waited when Abraham was told that he was going to be a father of many nations he's like all right cool God if you say this word then I wait and I'll wait until you do something. And, you know, I was telling the bridge, uh, if you don't know the bridge, it's the youth ministry of this house. And uh, we went to summer camp, Bridge Youth Summer Camp. Shout out to the bridge folks. Shout out to summer camp. Come on. Shout out to Prof and the bridge. And I was telling them one time, I was on the phone and... I was talking to somebody and my dad had called me while I was talking to somebody. And so I'm like, you know what, Like, just give me a minute, I'm gonna put you on hold real quick and then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna to talk to you. So I'm on the phone and little did I, I didn't even realize that the conversation had actually gone to like 15, 20, 25 minutes with my dad. And the other person, I looked to see if they were on hold because I told them to be on hold and they ended the line and texted me to say, just call me back when you're ready. And I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, God, there has to be a message in this because this is crazy. How are you just going to just, I told you to be on hold, how are you just going to not be on hold? And God spoke to me and said, Kofi, I did that purposely because I wanted you to see something. I wanted you to see an issue and something that is wrong with our generation. And it's the process of waiting. Our generation, we don't like to wait. There is something innate in us that's like, we just want everything quick. We want quick success, quick money, everything fast. That we don't want to wait, nor do we have the capabilities to sit down and wait for a thing to happen. But if we can put ourselves in the shoes of Abraham, a man who left his father and his mother's house only with his nephew, had no descendants at all, God told him, I'm going to do it through you. What's the word in this? The word of this is, you have to understand that if God has made you a promise, your job is not to help the promise. Your job is to sit down and wait for God to bring the promise. Am I preaching to anybody? Am I talking to somebody? It doesn't matter what they say. Your job is to be there and wait. But you see... As Abraham was waiting, as he was waiting, something happened to Sarah, Abraham's wife. She became impatient. She grew weary. Verses chapter 16, I'm just going to read it really quickly. Chapter 16 says, now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Verses 2, so she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps, i said, going hey, <laughs> go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Pause. You can never fulfill the purpose on your life through someone. You cannot fulfill the purpose on your life through somebody someone repeat after me say my purpose my life say it again say my purpose my life if God has made you a promise if God has given you a purpose then it's going to happen through you whether the devil likes it or not I don't care what he says I've come with good news to tell you that what is yours cannot be taken from you that if God has given you a promise you will see that thing come to fruition in this lifetime someone shout amen so she says, you know what? I can't have children. So go and sleep with my servant Hagar. And I love Abraham. No questions asked. I mean, if you said so, I mean, I mean, if you're gonna tell me to do it, I'm gonna do it. Like if that's what you want. Abraham asks no questions. He's like, all right, cool. I'm gonna do it. And what happens is, she conceives, she has a son named Ishmael. Now, the craziest thing about this, and I want you to take note of this, the same woman that told Abram to go and sleep with Sarah, or go to sleep with Hagar, the same woman, Sarah, was the same woman that said, I cannot live in the same house with Hagar. So, you know what? You have to leave this house. Take your bags. Take your son. Get out of there. And Abram's like, but that's my son. Like, what are you going to do? Like, this is my son. My is coming to fruition finally i have a son that my life can now be built out of from the sentence to the and god says listen i have a purpose for ishmael but that's not the son that i'm talking about what do you do when god answers you but like doesn't answer you am i talking to anybody here i'm gonna wrap up in five minutes what do you do when god answers you like he semi answers you he gave you a son but he's taken away the son Sarah told you to go and sleep with the servant, but now she's the one saying get the son and the servant out It's not about my servant. It's your servant Why does she have to leave the house? Because Abraham thought That God had answered him But what God did was give him a preview You know, sometimes God just has to give you a little sugar just to keep you going Do You know that I, I, I didn't come here to preach tonight. I'm gonna preach next week. You know He sometimes he has to just give you a little bit to keep you going because he knows that Abraham was like, God, you said you're going to give me a son. I'm old now. I'm old. Give me a son. I'm old. And God says, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to speak through your wife and you're going to have a son. But I just want to let you know that your son is only going to be in your life for a little while. We have to take him away because if I truly want to use you, I got to break you before I use you. Why would I give you something so easy? That way you'll think that all I do is give you stuff like a slot machine. Sometimes I have to give you something and take it away so that you'll have a scar and a wound. So when you have a wound and I give you the real thing, you will never think that it's through you that I fulfilled my vision. You'll say that it's only God and only God alone that I got what I got. i Am not preaching here? So... Abraham's like alright if that's what's going to happen then that's what's going to happen but I'm trying to teach you something that when God is working and when he's in the process of fulfilling the vision all you have to do is wait on it even if he semi fulfills it take what he's giving you and if he takes it away it's alright if he still says he's going to do it he's going to do it it may be on his terms it will be on his ways it will be in his plans but if he said it he's going to complete it Amen. are you with me still? Yeah. are you still with me? Yeah. so let's finish this story Let's finish this and move on tonight. You see, it's there are benefits of waiting on God. Benefits, three things. We're going to talk about it before we go. Benefits of waiting on God. Abraham got to the point where he's like, you know what, God, if this is how you want to do it, this is how you want to do it. But understand Sarah's standpoint, Abraham's wife, Sarah. She became so impatient. That she decided to try and have joy through somebody. Let me pause there. You cannot base your happiness on someone else's happiness. You can't. The fact that your friend is happy doesn't mean that that happiness is just contagious. It just comes upon you. Because happiness and joy is something from within. That means that any time you want to be happy, you have to be with that person. That's unhealthy attachment. (laughs) There is a joy that comes only from God. And that's the joy that I pray that God will give everybody here tonight, man. Everybody here. You know, Isaiah 40 verses 31 says it like this. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It says they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be, how is that possible? How can you run and not get tired? I prophesy. However supernaturally that happens. God, give that to me. I got to go to the gym tonight. God, I want to run and not get to. How do you? And you're not getting weary. It's a supernatural thing that comes when you wait on God. You see, when you wait on God, he begins to do stuff that nobody can do for you. It says, "It shall run and not be weary. I find it interesting that Abraham was waiting on God, but Sarah was impatient. Sarah wasn't waiting on God. Sarah was trying to find the quickest way to help God. Abraham was waiting on God. Sarah was trying to find the quickest way to give God options to bless her. Don't ever provide God options to bless you. Let him bless you the way he wants to bless you. Amen? So what happens? We're going to wrap this up. Three things I'm going to give you. Number one, when you wait, you're made stronger based off of Isaiah 40 verses 31. Number two, when you wait, you're made whole. If you go to Acts 9, you'll see what happened to Saul when he was converted to Paul. Three days of blindness just to come to Ananias for him to lay hands on him for receive his sight. As you wait on God, vision is made clear to you. Number three, this is the most important thing, Acts 2. When you wait on God, you receive help. Bible says, Jesus said, let me go. I must go to my Father so that the Helper might come. The Helper ascended and descended rather. In Acts chapter 2. So what does that mean to you? That means that as you wait on God, three things are happening. You're being made stronger, you're getting clarity, and help is coming to you. I pray that help will come to you. I pray that help will come to you. For this semester, for those in school, I pray that God will supernaturally help you. Let's be on our feet. I pray that God will help you in every endeavor, and every aspect of your life. God will help you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, the helper will come in times of need. And he will help you. I shared with you all this story. I shared with you the story of Abraham. Just so that you understand that any time God does something for an individual, go back and ask them how it happened. A lot of people will look at Abraham and see his son. Look at Isaac, and they say, "Wow, you have a son." But they don't know the struggle. They don't know the pain. They don't know the tireless nights. They don't know the scars. They don't know the fact that he was a father who was stripped of his son. They don't know that. All to say, that in this new season of your life, understand. That in order for God to say a new thing, sometimes you have to go to a new place. In order for Him to answer you, sometimes you have to change your position and change your circle. And as you change your circle, as you change your position, as you change where you are, He begins to work on you and provide a way to answer you. But before He answers you, understand that your job is to wait on Him. Because as you wait, you're being made stronger. As you wait, you're getting clarity. And as you wait, you're receiving help. Can you put your hands together for Jesus here tonight? Awesome. Yeah, I want to pray for some people tonight. I want to pray for some people. They're saying, Pastor, I need, some, I need some help tonight. I need help. I'm in a place in my life. I just need help. I may have just moved from a new place. I might have just come... To this school or to this city or i'm starting a brand new semester or i'm starting a brand new work term and i'm entering this new season i just i need help i need help the bible says that our help comes from the lord god in heaven grants us help we're so blessed that we have the help of the holy spirit now if you're someone out there and you're saying pastor i need help from god I want to pray for you. I want to invite you to come down to this altar. If you're such a person, you need help from God. I want you to run down to this altar. Just come down. Just come down. Just come down, come on. Just come down. I want to pray for you. It's good to see you. God bless you. Just stand at this altar. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I need help. I just need, I need help. I need, I've been waiting. I just need help. I'm at the point right now where I, I'm looking at different options. I'm looking at... Do I tell Hagar to be with my husband? Because I've been waiting and it hasn't come yet. I just need, I need help. I need some type of help. I need help. I need help tonight. I need help. I need help. God bless you, man. You just take a super brave step tonight. Worship team, would you sing something over us? We begin to pray. We need your help. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoy this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.